0: Welcome to Sheer Jeshub, a radio Bible study program brought to you by the Church of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. I'm Patty Scalzo, inviting you to join us as my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, continues his Sunday sermon from the Heavenly Authority series on Samson. Pastor is in Judges chapter 16, and last time we saw how Delilah. After being frustrated by Samson in her attempts to discover the secret of his strength, finally pestered him to the point that the strong man's soul was vexed to death and he revealed all his heart. When we left off, Pastor was discussing the basis of the Nazarite's strength. So now let's rejoin Pastor Greg.
1: So the basis of Samson's strength is holiness. It's founded on holiness. But he hasn't acted so holy. He hasn't acted so separate. Rather, he's acted many times as common. He's done what everyone else has done. He hasn't been the set-apart man. He's been the common man. From the eating of the unclean food and touching the dead carcass to his marriage to a pagan woman to his... Brashness and extreme anger to his dealings with a harlot to his relationship with Delilah, he hasn't acted as holy. So, why is the hair so important? Numbers chapter 6 7 because his separation to God is on his head. The hair, the growing of the hair for the Nazarite vow, is as a diadem worn upon his head declaring to all israel his consecration to god it's a visible sign of separation to god it's his testimony and samson could be a backslider he could be enticed into living as unclean and god is merciful god is faithful when he is faithless when samson is faithless But when the only thing that remains of the vow made by his father Manoah and his mother is taken away, when the testimony to what he's supposed to be is taken away, when the testimony is removed, when our testimony, the last thing we have, when we testify to Jesus, when that testimony is taken away, then there's nothing special. There's nothing left to say we're separate. There's nothing left to say we're to be treated as special. We're under a special touch of God. The testimony's left. The last thing he has saying, I'm someone who's supposed to be separated out to God, is removed from him. And then he does become like any other man. It's the last straw. It's the breaking point. It's the limit of God's grace. The limit of God's grace has come. It's the last act of disobedience. You can't say you're a Nazarite if you don't even have the hair that shows it, that declares it. And the Lord can no longer pass over Samson's sin because with this act, he's declared himself a slave of Delilah and no longer is he declared by his diadem on his head a servant of God. Samson knows the importance of his hair. His parents have told him from the earliest moments. This is from the womb. Manoah was concerned how he was to bring him up. Since he's a small babe on the knee, why that hair is important. And Samson, this is certainly one pearl you should not cast before swine. What does a strong man do? Verse 17. He told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. He told her his heart, Be careful who you give your heart to. If they're not of the Lord and you give your heart to somebody, it can only be sadness upon sadness for the rest of your life. What do you think she's going to do? Now that he's told her this. Verse 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she knows it. This time, she doesn't have to test it, really, because she knows it. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. They've left. They gave up after the three attempts of waiting. And now they know that she's got him, and they come back. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. They know they got him. We got him this time. She's wrangled it out of him. Verse 19, Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. She lulled him to sleep. You think of this, this big man, this manly man there. But he's drunk on Delilah, and he's like a little boy. He's supposed to be so tough on the outside, so strong, but he's like a little boy. He falls asleep on her knees. He's made himself weak. He's made himself vulnerable to her. This strong man is really like a confused little boy. He's caught in the enticement of sin and all the things that entice the believer to sin. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, in verse 6, he said, But whoever causes one of these little ones, you think of Samson, the little one who believed in God and took this Nazarite vow with his parents. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and he was drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world, Jesus said, because of offenses, because of enticements to sin. For enticements to sin must come. But woe to that man or that woman by whom the enticement comes. They're taking here one of God's servants and they're looking to shackle him by enticing, just like the devil does. Woe to that person that seeks to take one who believes and lead them into sin. She begins to torment him or subdue him even as he's sleeping, she must be poking and prodding him. She's delighted now that he's no longer strong. She can sense it even in his sleep. And his strength left him. How Satan must rejoice. There's no longer any clear protection from God upon him. Though God's still working in the background. We'll see that. But there's no longer any clear protection from God. And what happens? He's left to the world's torment. And when we follow sin... And we come out of the grace of God. The world shows us no mercy. And they're going to show Samson no mercy. Verse 20. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. All his life he's been able to do it, right? But he did not know. Listen to this. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. The last straw. The Lord had departed from him. Verse twenty-one. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes; they blinded him and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. They put him pulling that large grinding wheel, that large grinding stone blinded this is the mighty Samson who pick up the gates of the city and run up the hill with them and he's blinded, he's weak he's a slave in heavy bondage. verse 22 however the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Samson was dulled to the reality of what was going on but now God's going to blind the Philistines. They're not going to even use common sense to say, well, keep his hair short. And as the sign of his consecration again starts to grow, now I believe the Lord is doing a work of consecration internally on Samson. He's a broken man. He's a humbled man. Now the Nazarite vow is taking place not just externally, but now strength is starting to grow internally. What was weak before is being made strong. Verse 23, now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon. Dagon is their chief god. He's their most famous god, the god of grain and fertility. They have famous temples to him at Gaza, at Ashdod, their main cities. And to rejoice, and they said, our god has delivered into our hands Samson our enemy. Yahweh's not God. Dagon is God. They're happy with their pagan God. Look, the servant of Yahweh is in our hands now. Our enemy has been delivered to us. Verse 24, when the people saw him, when they saw Samson, they praised their God. For they said, our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. They're rejoicing. When they see him, they're blinded, and they see him defeated, and they see him shackled. But when the enemy, you know, Dagon is a type of Satan. When Satan and his people who worship him see a servant of the Lord in this condition, they should be careful. And you think about one other who was brought out before the people, not because of his sin, but because of our sins, who was shackled, who was scourged, who was beaten. And when the people looked upon him, they said, Look at him. He could save others, but he can't save himself. Look how, how lost he is. Look how defeated he is, not knowing at that moment that when Jesus was in that condition, it was going to be the time of the most spectacular victory in all of, of human history because the power of heaven was coming down to earth and what Messiah would do. What looked like a moment of defeat was a moment of victory. They're rejoicing here, but they're not going to be rejoicing for long. So it happened, verse 25, when their hearts were merry, they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from prison, and he performed for them. He had to entertain them. How humbled, how humiliated he is. And they stationed him between the pillars. So the main pillars that hold up the temple, he's there right in the center, entertaining them. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, He's got to be led around by this lad because he's blind. Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. And we see this as a start of a great act of faith by Samson. Now The temple, verse 27, was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. About 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. The place was packed. Then Samson, very important, verse 28, he called to the Lord. He calls out to the Lord. O Lord God, Sovereign Lord, Adonai Yahweh, remember me, I pray, strengthen me, I pray, justice once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. One more time, Lord. You see, he realizes it's God who gave him his strength. He comes to his senses, his great strength was made to serve God, to be a servant to the Lord and to his people, Israel. He's coming to his senses. Now blinded, he begins to see. And he calls out this broken man, this weak man to God. You have to ask yourself, what does it take for a person to come to their senses? What terrible thing, what terrible point do we have to be brought to, to come to our senses?
0: This is a good point at which to end our study today. If you would like to write to us, or you feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Brantford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. The exit off I-95 is exit 61. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.